Welcome back to Small Town Missing. I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And I'm Rhonda. And we are having an argument over what to do to protect your voice before we record. I do nothing <laughs> to protect my voice. Will's voice is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's so great. Oh, Don't it's you know? Loved. All, all of our fans love Will's voice. Oh, I know. He gets rave ratings. Um, <laughs> by who? I'm talking my mom. The, the, the only one that probably oh, would review it. Goodness. Um, I will say this though, Rhonda, because you remember we had asked uh, people before to like start rating and, and, you know, reviewing the podcast. I think we finally, Apple Podcast does this weird thing where you have to have a certain number until it posts, you know, an average of the reviews and it finally reached it. So we've had a lot of, we've had enough people to, to reach out and review the podcast. So we appreciate you guys for rating and reviewing. So we, we can see that now. That's awesome. So I've enjoyed like looking at, at some of those and, um, I, I think it's interesting too because we had one that just said, "Oh, you know, like I'm excited to have stories that maybe were around the time that I was growing up, and maybe I didn't know it." So I think it's interesting that we're helping people in that regard, like find out about these stories, kind of. Uh, that's good because you know a lot of the stories I've pulled are way back. Yeah. I mean, decades back. So that's good to know that yep. people might be interested in those also. Well, we've like, what, 70s, 80s? We've done a couple 20s in there, like 1920s and everything. I think and we did one in the 1940s also, in like 1940s. right after World War II. Right. I'm like, we've, we've been across the whole board here. So I think, uh, you know, for the next couple, I think we'll focus on more current cases. But, you know, it, it's interesting to say that, you know, we've had a good, you know, reach out, I think, with these podcasts and people like them. True, true, yeah. true. So thank you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Y'all ready to start this episode? I think so. What's yeah. the name? Uh, Lauren Spearer. Yes. And this one is a little more recent. Mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. to say there was a lot of media about this one, but I honestly don't remember it. Yeah. You know, honestly, like when you said the name, like, I mean, I, there are certain ones I, I think about when I think of, you know, the social media age. I think of Maura Murray, who, who we'll cover next week and, um, you know, Chandra Levy. And that was kind of even before, I guess, like Lacey Peterson. Those were kind of before the social media age took over. But yeah, I didn't I didn't remember this one quite as much. Yeah, I did. I didn't either, but as we go through this, um, you know, I'll put out there where uh, the information was out for the public to to view. I to mean, actually, things. ABC, NBC, some of the uh, the big networks put stuff out on their morning shows about her, which kind of surprised me. Like I said, I don't recall it, but anyway, let's go ahead and get started on the uh, on the episode All and share right, with everybody. All right, Lauren Spear was 20 years old when she went missing from Bloomington, Indiana, on June 3rd. 2011. Mm. Lauren was born January 17, 1991, and she grew up in Scarsdale, New York. After graduating from Edgemont High School in 2009, Spearer enrolled in Indiana University, where she was studying fashion merchandising. Oh, fun, like a L. Woods type of character, it sounds like. Yes, yeah, kind <laughs> of, kind of, yes. Lauren had met Jesse Wolf and Jay Rosenbaum at a summer camp in Pennsylvania years earlier. Jesse Wolf was Lauren's boyfriend at the time of her disappearance. So there were four men who were among the last to see Lauren. David Ron, who was a friend of Lauren's. Jay, who was also a friend and had known Lauren, like I said, for years. Mm-hmm. Corey mm-hmm. Rossman, who was Jay Rosenbaum's neighbor. And Michael Beth, who was Rose Rossman's roommate. Sorry about that. Rossman's roommate. And that's so Corey like, Rossman. Yeah, there's like a lot of little players in this. And I don't know. I mean, you have a lot of, uh, you know, I think rabbit holes you can go down when there's a whole bunch of people, you know, I guess theoretically saw her last. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, she was hanging out with, with all of these mm-hmm. at different periods of the time of the evening. But on the evening of June 2nd, 2011, Lauren had been drinking with friends. 
And I'm going to take you through a timeline beginning at 1230 a.m. on June 3rd. Okay. Okay. So most of the times this this 1230 a.m., I don't think there was a camera that actually caught her, but witnesses said they had seen her at this time. Mm -hmm. And she was seen leaving her apartment with David Ron. And this is from witnesses, like I said. Um, Don't see that it was captured anywhere on surveillance camera. Mm -hmm. She and Ron arrived at Jay Rosenbaum's apartment where she met Corey Rossman. Mm -hmm. Okay, at 1.46 a.m., Spearer was seen entering Kilroy's sports bar. Okay, so she's like going out tonight, like you know, and I, I think that's normal for a person probably her age, like going in what we call pre gaming and stuff like that, then going out to the bars. So that kind of oh. sounds like what they were doing. Yeah, I think so, and uh, yeah, I believe that's what was going on. Okay. They maybe been watching some sports event, and decided to go out. Yeah, you know, after have a good the fact. time. Yeah. So at twelve twenty seven a.m., Lauren and Corey were seen leaving Kilroy's sports bar. Spearer had taken her shoes off when she walked out on the bar's sand-covered patio. She left her shoes and her phone at the bar. Oh. And Rossman walks with Lauren to her apartment. Mm-hmm. This is 2.27 a.m. Oh, too late for me. For, for being out. Oh, <laughs> too late for me. At, at 2.30 a.m., Lauren is seen entering Smallwood Plaza Apartments where she lives. Zach Oates, who is passing by, notices Spearer is inebriated and asks if she's okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Bless him for that. Yeah. Now, according to uh, that's according to a June 2021 WBIW.com article. Okay. And she responds back that she's okay. Uh, at 2.48 a.m., Spearer and Rossman leave her apartment. So this is like 15 minutes later. Yeah, so they get there and then they leave like right after. Yeah. Security cameras capture her entering an alley between College Avenue in Morton Street and exiting the alley at 2.51 a.m. And Lauren's keys and purse are found along this route. Oh, okay. So, like, they're found, but, yeah, she's just gone. Like, oh, man. Right. Once she's reported missing and they start doing the search, they find uh, find her belongings mm-hmm. on this route. Uh, Lauren and Corey arrive at his apartment. Rossman is intoxicated. And according to the June 2021 WBIW com article uh he gets sick he throws up Mm, as you do is that is that inebriated and rossman's roommate michael beth puts rossman to bed okay so he tries to get lauren to stay over but according to beth she wants to leave she wants to go back to her apartment okay so she's like yeah she's been all around the the town tonight at this early morning hours and stuff yeah yeah. and it 3.30, 3.30, which is about 45 minutes later from her arrival at that apartment, uh, Beth calls Jay Rosen- Rosenbaum, sorry about that, and asks Rosenbaum to take care of Spearer. Okay. Uh, according to Michael, she's trying to get him to go back to her apartment for a drink. Oh, okay. Like a little nightcap or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah. And he's already dealing with his roommate who's, I guess, Sick, asleep. yeah, who's sleeping sleep and asleep. sick and stuff. So he's de- dealing with that. So between 3.30 a.m. and 4.30 a.m., Lauren goes to Rosenbaum's apartment. And two calls are made from his apartment. Rosenbaum says that Lauren made both calls, one to Ron, and I'll spell that Mm -hmm. R-O-H-N. Oh, interesting. I've never seen Ron spelled like that. Yeah, well, that's the last name. Oh, last name. first name is David. Okay, I see. Okay. Uh, So one's made to him, and then one is made to a friend. Neither call is answered, and no message is left. Okay, so... Oh, I'd say I hate that too because if you receive a message and stuff around that time too, maybe you could get a semblance of like what was going on because you don't know if she was calling those numbers maybe to, you know, for something like she's reporting something or like she's scared or like what she's doing. Like you, you kind of can just speculate on what right. she was trying to say. Exactly. You have no idea. Yep. 
So at 4.30, Spearer leaves Rosenbaum's apartment. He states the last time he sees her is at the intersection of 11th Street and College Avenue, and she's heading south on College, and Lauren is barefoot. Okay. I, so I do remember left. this case. The barefoot, when you just said that, I do remember this now, Ron. I got to take everything else I said uh, said back because I remember a podcast about this case. Oh, I, you do? I, okay. I sure do. Yeah, I, I don't. Honestly, I, it still doesn't ring any bell with me, but that's 11 years ago. So Yeah, true. I, I, I know where you're going with this. Okay. Yeah, so, and that's that should be right because looking at a map, her apartment is south of, um, of Rosenbaum's apartment, maybe two three blocks maybe so it's not far oh none of these places are far apart because i was looking at the map kilroy's sports bar was maybe a block and a half two blocks from her apartment mm-hmm. so all of these are very close maybe within a three block radius I so i mean say. yeah and it's, it's like because it's like a college town too right like it's like you know bars and stuff like that you could just go like to and fro like i you know we were kind of like that where we went like we had places that were surrounding yeah, you know that's true areas like that so that that's seemingly a place where you think you could get to and fro without something to fairy is happening to you you would think so and just looking up bloomington the uh i think the last census i saw was under eighty thousand people mm-hmm. so yeah i would guess you'd be safe in saying it's something of a college town yeah like a college town, or at least i guess you know somewhere where you know i guess kids lauren's age could go out and drink and have a good time and like seemingly feel safe as they're going home to their apartments at night yeah or at least this area of the town seems yeah. to be i guess heavily populated with students yes Okay, so later in the morning, Jesse Wolf sends Lauren a text, and a reply comes back from a Kilroy Sports Bar employee. Because mm, so, she left her phone. Right, exactly. So he reports Lauren missing. Okay. Okay, and I don't know where Rossman's apartment was, uh, but Lauren's apartment and Kilroy Sports Bar, like I said, was maybe three blocks apart. Her last sighting appears to be about four blocks from her apartment, and she's... Like I said, she's heading south, which makes sense. Yeah, that's where her apartment is. Yeah, she's going home. Okay, one thing I wonder about is why didn't Jay Rosenbaum call Jesse Wolf and ask him to try to persuade Lauren to to stay put? Why did she have to go back to her apartment? Because uh, Jesse Wolf, supposedly, according to the articles I've read, was the boyfriend, was Lauren's boyfriend. So why wasn't he involved in any of this? Why didn't somebody think of, hey, he might be able to talk her into staying somewhere yeah or come by and get her and take her safely home or something i do know i will say from like experience of kind of being that designated driver person for certain people especially when they do start drinking and everything like especially like young and and this does not extend to all girls or anything like that it could extend to whoever you want it to be but i have had people who once they get an idea in their head like when they're drinking and stuff like that and they are kind of you know three sheets to the wind that once they get that idea in their head they're going somewhere they're going to do it so either you have to just go with them or drag them somewhere or do something. Well, and that's why I was thinking yeah. her boyfriend might have been more persuasive. Yeah, and, and since she was like, you know, they're dating theoretically, like maybe like, oh, like just stay here with me or something like that. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. So I'm not I'm not really sure about that, but that was one question I had just reading through That's a good story. question. I think it's a good question to have. Yeah, and Lauren's disappearance, get, disappearance gets a lot of media attention. Police and hundreds of volunteers are involved in the search. And here's a short timeline of the days shortly after Lauren's appearance, uh, a disappearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from a May 31st, 2013 article by IndyStar.com. Uh, uh, it's IndyStar.com, and it's by Stephanie Wang. Mm. Okay, Jesse Wolf reports Lauren missing on June 3rd, 2011. Okay. June 4th, Lauren's parents, Robert and Charlene Spearer, from Edgemont, New York, arrive in Bloomington. Okay. So the following day. They want to help search. I completely understand. Oh, no kidding. Uh, June 5th, a woman with no connection to the family starts a Twitter feed at news on Lauren S. In two weeks, it has 20,000 followers. 
and is retweeted by Ryan Seacrest, Scott Bayo. Oh, For wow. any of you guys who don't know, he was <laughs> Happy Days way back when, um, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure what else. Thomas uh, probably knows. Wasn't it? Wasn't he also in that like time traveling thing? Which one? Where, uh, he he would like inhabit the bodies of other people as he was hopping through time, or was that somebody else? That was somebody else. <laughs> that was somebody else. <laughs> that was way back. Oh. That was even farther back. No, I recognize the name. I do. Recognize what was the name, the name of that show anyway? Uh, I. I don't know. I'd have to think. Oh, about Quantum it. Leap. Yeah, no, that wasn't him. Okay. Uh, Scott Bayo is dark hair. He yeah. Was, back at that time, yeah. he would have been a fairly young man. Actually, probably a pretty young man. About, uh, I think he was on Happy Days. Yeah. But anyway, huh. all right, I digress. And also retweeted by Kim Kardashian. Oh wow! And like I, I, I think too. You know, especially now, like knowing. Uh, Especially how big social media can be in cases like that. Like having people like Kim Kardashian and stuff retweet your case, that will help. Yeah, yeah. Who Lord knows how many followers oh, she has. Oh, uh, millions upon millions. Yeah. Okay, so June 6th, hundreds of volunteers organized three daily searches of Lauren. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children dispatches a rapid response team to Bloomington and assigns a missing persons number for Lauren, number 1173375. Well, that's great. I said, especially because you kind of know, like, especially in law enforcement, you only have that 48-hour window typically when someone goes missing to kind of help, you know, find it or get another lead or something. So I'm, I'm glad they had all these resources kind of allocated for the oh, case. Oh, yeah. The, all the volunteers, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of daily searches are reduced to two on June 13th, but the searchers are still in the hundreds. Mm-hmm. On June 7th, Lauren's disappearance is reported on NBC's Today, ABC's Good Morning America, and CBS Morning News. In August, police spend nine days searching the Sycamore Ridge landfill, which is where the trash from oh. Bloomington eventually winds up. God, that just, oh, anytime I hear landfill, I'm not, I hate whenever, you know, missing persons cases, they're going there. Yeah, well, and nothing found. Yeah. I don't know if they got a tip. I'm sure there were, well, uh, moving on with this, on May uh, 2013, or by May 2013, over 3,000 tips had come in, with 10 tips received the first five months of that year, and that was almost two years later after Oh, wow. So, so, yeah, they're still receiving stuff Yeah, 100 case. tips in five months. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty good. It's still an active case. Yeah, so they're just still trying to do something with it. Yep. Lauren's parents filed civil lawsuits against Corey Rossman, Jay Rosenbaum, and Michael Beth. The suits accused the men of negligence, alleging they supplied Spearer with alcohol after she was visibly intoxicated intoxicated, and failed to assure she returned safely to her apartment. Well, that sucks, too, because, you know, at the same time, like in that moment of being in like, you know, you're going to drink and have a good time and stuff. And and I've been that person before that's kind of like, oh, you know, I'm going to have an extra drink or something like that. And I'll just sleep it off in the moment. Like you don't think you're going to go missing that day. So I can see them like, you know, being like, oh yeah, let's have another drink or something. It, it does suck though, especially because of how this case like turned out, you know, but I'm, I think just kids kind of being kids too at the same time. Yeah. Well, at that age, early twenties and she yeah. was 20, I'm not sure. I assume the guys were about the same age. Yeah. Are you, you feel pretty invincible. You do. It's not going to happen to you. Oh, exactly. So. I mean, I, I we've all been that person, I feel like. I, I don't feel that, that way at 28 now, but I, yeah, early 20s, you <laughs> definitely do. Definitely yeah. don't feel that at 28. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 2013, the suit against Michael Beth is dismissed by federal judge Tanya Walton Pratt after determining he had no, and this is quotes, duty of care to Spearer. Yeah. Okay. What? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I wonder what a duty of care would be. Like, you know, like what makes them, what, who, what would make them be like, oh yeah, like you're in control of this separate person, you know? I don't, I don't know. That's a weird thing. I got to look into that. 
Uh, my only thought would be if that person is a minor, but he yeah. wouldn't be feeding alcohol but to she, a minor. But yeah, she's 20. Yeah, I mean, that, well, true, she is 20, so I guess that is. Okay, I can yeah, see so that. That's what yeah, so I'm saying. She's an adult. You can't be responsible for an adult but, unless there's some but you know you could i guess argue that she was impaired by the alcohol yeah and true i guess she's below 21 so technically they're like oh yeah like she's a minor so you know y'all are uh y- you contributed to this you know yeah that's probably what they bl- base the lawsuit yes. on mm-hmm. but uh anyway uh dot com article by how Nguyen published october 1st 2014 pratt dismissed the suit against rossman and rosenbaum finding there could be any number of theories as to what happened to Lauren and what, if any, injuries she may have sustained. Mm -hmm. Without evidence to prove these theories, it would be impossible for a jury to determine if whatever happened to Spurrier was a natural and probable consequence of her intoxication without any other intervening acts that would break the causal chain. Yeah, which I guess makes sense because, like, you don't know what happened to her. I mean, if they found evidence of something and, like, maybe she was attacked or something happened, like, I guess I could see something. But, yeah, I mean, I guess they really can't prove anything because they don't know what happened to her. Right. So, yeah, no evidence. Yep. All right. So there's a few theories as to what happened to Lauren Spear. Mm-hmm. Uh, something happened to her while she was with friends. First off, none of the four men with Lauren on the night of her disappearance have been named as persons of interest or suspects, and all have cooperated with the police. Mm-hmm. This is just one of the theories. Yep. Okay. From WBIW.com, the June 3rd, 2021 article, witnesses say Spurrier, very intoxicated, had also used drugs the night of her disappearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, during a search of her room, police found a small amount of cocaine. Mm-hmm. She'd been arrested nine months earlier for public intoxication. And she also had a rare heart condition called long qt syndrome Mm -hmm. which i don't know if you're familiar with that at all yeah i think i think it's like um your qrs is like your ventricles basically contracting so i guess it just prolongs that contraction and stuff like that pretty much like the time it takes to complete it like a complete transaction uh contraction so i guess you know it could affect her potentially which maybe with alcohol and, and drugs on board it might you know affect her more yeah, that's the theory, that her drug use uh, made that even more dangerous. Yes. And could she have died as a result of that, and those around her were frightened and disposed of her body? Yeah, that's which that I, theory. Could, I could see. Especially, and, and then, like, you're really, uh, if they get wind of, like, you know, they were around there or somebody was around there and saw that and they just didn't report it, yeah, then those civil cases that were, you know, they, they wouldn't be dismissed. They, they'd be, uh, you know, probably become criminal cases at that point. I would think so, if they did something like mm-hmm. that, disposed of a body. Exactly. All right, theory number two, stranger abduction. A white truck caught on surveillance camera near the time of Lawrence's disappearance was ruled out, but with Lawrence, Lawrence's intoxication, could someone have pulled her in or talked her into getting into a vehicle? 100% I think that could have happened. Yeah, I mean, she's been drinking, uh, looks like possible drug use, Yeah, and it's 4.30 in the morning. Yes. And, and cocaine's like a real big party drug, too. Like, I think um, I used to know a lot of people back in, you know, the college days and stuff, I think they would do a little bit of cocaine before they went out because it would make it like, you know, the night a little more lively and stuff like that. Yeah. So. And, and she was barefoot walking, you know, a couple of blocks, maybe yeah. two, two and a half, three blocks. And yeah, I would say it's very possible that someone could have pulled up and said, hey, I can give you a lift. Yeah. I see that you don't have shoes. Or you want to, you know, just rest your feet while I drive you home or something yeah, like that. Exactly. So very possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three, Daniel Meisel. Hopefully I'm pronouncing this correctly that sounds good to me Mm m-e-s-s-e-l okay from april 24th uh, 2018 wrtv com article by matt mckinney 
uh, Daniel Meisel, who had been convicted of killing an Indiana University student in 2015, was sentenced to 15 years in a separate attack on Indiana University student in 2012. Oh, so yeah, like he's had several attacks. Yeah, the victim stated she was forced into a secluded parking lot and into a vehicle, driven to Griffey Lake, beaten and sexually assaulted. Meisel was uh, sentenced to 80 years in prison for the murder of Indiana University student Hannah Wilson in 2016. Mm -hmm. Wilson died of blunt force trauma to the head. In June uh, June 3rd, 2021, WBI.com article uh, twenty in 2017, Brown County Prosecutor Ted Adams said Daniel Meisel may be responsible for Spears' disappearance, mm-hmm. but Meisel has not been named as a suspect or person of interest. Yeah, in it doesn't case. sound like they have anybody really that they've linked. No, definitively. No. I mean, in his case, it's kind of speculation just because of similar type incidents in area with too. Indiana University students. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's where she went, right? Like that's where she was going to college. Yes, exactly. So that makes sense. Okay. And just to wrap it up, at the time of her disappearance, Lauren Spear was 4'11", and she weighed 90 to 95 pounds. Oh, my gosh, baby girl. (laughs) Yeah. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, She was wearing black leggings and a white shirt. And as I said, no shoes. Yeah. Uh, She was last seen at the intersection of 11th Street and College Avenue, walking south on college. And Lauren would be 31. That's just so sad. And one thing I will say, girls, if you go out and stuff like that, no matter, you know, I'm all for you having guy friends and stuff like that. I'm not opposed to you having another little, you know, girlfriend with you to kind of walk in pairs or something like that. I I don't know. I I, I like walking with a pair and I'm I'm a six foot tall man. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. Uh, Safety in numbers. Yeah. Safety in numbers for sure. Okay, if anyone has any information on Laura's, Lauren's disappearance, call the Bloomington Police Department at 812-339-4477. And as usual, all my sources will be in our episode notes. Okay. Uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at the time of her disappearance, there were obviously other people who had gone missing, and I, I didn't write the woman's name down but there was another woman around the same time mm-hmm. that disappeared i don't know if it was necessarily in bloomington uh-huh. but in a, a fairly short distance away maybe in the state of indiana okay and again i i'm sorry that i did not write her name down but there was a lot made that you know obviously maybe that's why i don't know who she is because there was very little media uh, surrounding her play on on her or any activity on her yes okay and th- that just brings out the number of people that we don't know and we've brought so many of them out in our episodes because this is going to be episode no, episode number 23 yeah and most of the ones the prior episodes are these lesser known cases they in really these are. small towns and i don't know if you'd say bloomington is a small town but you know, obviously, there's a lot of people who go missing that we don't hear a lot about. Certainly, they don't show up on NBC, ABC, oh, and CBS. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that crazy to think, too, Rhonda, that even in a place, like you said, that this place had about 80,000-ish people or something like mm-hmm. that? Right. I mean, even some of the places that we have that have millions of people or, or you know, living there, we, we don't know half of the missing persons cases there. And that has more resources and more availability to get the word out about that. And there's still so many that we don't know about. Yeah, and like you and I were talking about earlier, uh, like you said, there's probably YouTube channels out there, but it, we it would be great if local... Um, news and probably not even local news anymore because nobody watches local news they all watch something else (laughs) an app yeah something an app or something that would just scroll missing persons 
in that state yep. or in that region or wherever, just so you'd you'd keep their faces out there. Exactly. I've seen one one of my favorite things that social media ever did was uh, reenact. They I forgot what case it was, but it was a case basically where um, I think the police officers in that town that this person went missing in um, essentially like told the story of the day this person went missing and and was like, oh, I, my body's found here. Like, but in the in the perspective of the person that either died or went missing, and it it was very like an eloquent powerful thing that really brought a lot of attention to the case so things like that social media can have a very important you know uh like strong foundation in solving a case yeah that would be interesting that's very interesting if it was a a missing young woman like in this case exactly just have someone like in front of a camera saying, you know, it was a beautiful day. And yeah. 10 o'clock in the morning, someone snatched me off the street. Yeah, it humanizes them. Yeah, exactly. They're not, just a, they're not just a headline or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, that put a face with it and makes make, make people more interested. Not that people aren't interested, but we forget these things when they're out of sight, out of mind. Exactly, exactly. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us and share. And you can reach us, as always, on Instagram, uh, Small Town Missing. And we'll have another episode of Small Town Missing next week. Yes, we will. All right. Thank you all for listening. Catch you next time.